You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. Welcome back to the SA Weekly Talk Show. Mike Callahan along with co-host Cody Owen. Special guest this week, Ted Glazier of Summit Lawns of Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, Ted and I go way back from the early days of, of a mastermind group that uh, Aaron Suttonfield from last year was in, along with Garrett Matthews and Chad Cranston and a few others. But um, Ted and I have known each other for a while now, and I thought it was really important getting into the 2020 spring season to get Ted on here and um, kind of pick his brain of some success he's had in his business and growing and scaling uh, lawn care and snow removal in Lincoln, Nebraska at a, at a very rapid rate. Um, so Ted, I uh, really appreciate you joining us. Obviously, you're uh, out in the field, so your time obviously is very valuable uh, running around and uh, managing those crews. Obviously, you're not on the truck anymore, but um, if people haven't heard of your business, you would you mind giving us just a little background of your history of how you cut your teeth in the service industry and particularly lawn care and snow removal up in Lincoln? Yeah, yeah. So, and sorry, I'm, I'm in my truck right now. I uh, just get kind of a hectic day today. We're playing catch-up after uh, Memorial Day this week, so I've just been uh, getting caught up on a bunch of that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, Ted Glazer from Lincoln, Nebraska. I uh, got involved in lawn care. Um, basically, my whole life, I've been kind of involved in this industry. Um, started mowing when I was uh, like eight or nine years old. Um, my dad hired a college kid to drive me and my little brother around to mow a couple of rental properties. And uh, I turned 16 and bought a truck and said, you know, pay me more than five bucks an hour or whatever, you know, slave labor rates he was paying me. And I uh, um, uh, started started from there and did it through high school, did it through college. And uh, I graduated in 2013 and we uh, got really heavy into commercial work um, right off the bat. Uh, in 2013, we landed the contract for Lincoln's largest mall. Um, we were doing uh, hospitals, apartment complexes, home associations, um, really big in the commercial side of things. And then in uh, 2016, about three years later, uh, basically made the decision to cut the company in half and got rid of all of it. Um, and start all over again, but residentially focused and small commercial focused. So over the span of the next three years, we cut off big portions of our, uh, of our customer base, you know, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars at a time, and then worked its way back. And 2019 was our first year that we uh, were completely rid of all of our major, major large scale commercial stuff. And, uh, and then we just started surging forward from there. And now it's been uh, pretty rapid growth as we're, as we, have a real solid foundation on our business model, what we do and how we do it. Love it. As many of us did in that group in the early days, we did kind of all of us pretty much reinvented the model and uh, the focus of our service business. So I guess before we kind of get into the nitty gritty um, is the, I guess the question would be is Ted that um, can you guys hear my phone ringing or are we good? I think we're good. I don't hear it. Okay, perfect. It's just ringing my head. Um, so voiceover IP live on Facebook, but I guess, Ted, as you did that, did you see any, um, ease of management or ability to scale the business as you shifted that focus more to small commercial and residential only? Yeah. And actually I can, I'll, I'll tell you before, before I ever met any of you guys, I, I'd come to this conclusion on my own. And that conclusion was a hundred percent based on staffing. It was not about money. It wasn't about trucks. It wasn't about equipment. My initial uh, pain point was we uh, had a bit of a mutiny where we lost like 50% of our staff in a matter of a month, which at that time there was, I think, 12 or 15. So we lost six or seven guys in just week, back, back to back weeks, just week after week. And it was, yeah, I 
it, it was not a good situation. Um, I didn't have a good understanding of culture. I was just trying to sell my brains out and then just expecting everyone to get the work done. And it wasn't good. So what we found is uh, when we switched to this different model, we had a way stronger ability to train in new guys. Uh, you know, for us, this, this is what we decided. It was just a lot easier to um, train in new guys on a push mower in someone's yard than it was to train in a new guy on how to trim in a huge apartment complex with like 30 buildings the crew leaders would get irritated because they can't be hovering over the guy they're trying to train and get everything they had to get done and get everything mowed and get everything blowed off and not lose the guy in the complex. It was a whole thing. Um, I mean, this happened all the time. Yeah. So, or, or things would get missed and then we'd have to go back and fix it. And it's who, you know, who's responsible if you have, you know, it, it was a whole thing. So just logistically, we found it was so much easier to, uh, to train in new guys when your focus is just on one yard at a time and the equipment is way easier to train them in on. I mean, it doesn't, what we do is not rocket science, but there is a definite skill to, you know, if you go to the Lexus dealership and making it look like Disney world, you can't just take someone off the street and do that, but it's a lot easier to give someone a push mower, teach them how to, you know, outline the lawn, do some straight lines. Don't leave Mohawks. Trimming is trimming is still something that you got to teach and edging and all of that. But we just found, from a managerial standpoint and just production standpoint, it was just easier. Um, and the dollar signs were different. And now, you know, you have to have a whole, a way larger customer base, but you learn how to market and then it's not such a big deal. And that's, and that's interesting. So before we kind of dive into the rest of it, Cody, you have any questions regarding um, anything that Ted set up to this point? I wanted to give a quick plug. Um, Ted has been on the Profit Roadmap podcast many times and uh we we corner him every year at the conference bear and i do and and get him to take us on a deep dive so we have talked to him about like i mean some of the biggest things that have happened in in summit ones ted has uh walked us through on the podcast so make sure to listen to those episodes too just quick quick plug for my other project <laughs> no i love it profit roadmap is the place to be and uh as you're along that um I, ted has graced the pages of lawn and landscape magazine among, among some other industry publications um, so obviously it's not just uh, us wanting to, to, to hear and see what Ted's doing. I'm really impressed with what he's been doing as a young guy and then building himself up throughout the industry. So, uh, if I can take a minute, I want to take a quick salute to uh, baby boss. If we're not, in t not in person, traditionally, uh, the sippy cup comes across the table. So I want to give you a little salute there, uh, Ted, before we really get into this. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think there's been one time that I've seen Mike that he doesn't whip out a sippy cup. Uh, or at least like a, uh, a little cup with a, with a baby cup with a straw um, or a cup of milk. Anytime we go out to dinner, someone, someone flips the waiter, hey, get us a sippy cup of milk every time. <laughs> Couldn't miss the opportunity. Couldn't miss so it. good thing you're running a few minutes late. I ran upstairs and grabbed it out of the kid's That's cupboard. Funny. So as you were talking about sales and growing that customer base, one of the things that we had talked about um, previously is, uh, your upsell model, and if I understand right, you actually pick up a phone and call people, which is somewhat unheard of uh, in today's day and age. So if you wouldn't mind kind of giving us an idea of what your upsell process looks like and how you're actually incorporating your staff um, picking up the physical phone and calling people. Yeah, so uh, part of that is because I thought it would work, and part of it is because I'm too stupid to figure out the other ways. Um, so basically what we did and we just started doing this last year is uh we hired on you know a second a second member in our office um to help with this uh basically we decided to take services that we were already doing and then find the really easy add-ons um for example 
let's say you have a five or a six, whatever your fertilizer program is in our region, it's a five step plan. And then grub control is your sixth step. And we have, you know, a segment of our customer base that's doing all six steps. And we have a, a, you know, we had a, a large portion that was not doing all six steps. So, you know, we've, we've, we've tried to do direct mail campaigns. You, you know, you try to do email campaigns, um, which they, they work, but when you combine it together with getting the phone call, we just found that, you know, when you get someone on the phone, uh, you can do that. You can get the sale right then and there. And what we're fat, what we especially found with this is it's not trying to sell a, a big program. We're not trying to say, Hey, you're a new customer to summit lawns and here's $3,000 of work we can do on your lawn this year. It's, Hey, you're already a customer of ours. And for 50 bucks, we can add on this extra thing here. Like here's an important thing that's going on right now. And here, the big thing with, with doing phone sales is you got to time it. It's relevant to what's important, what's going on right now. And so we timed it when it came around time to, in this, we first started last year when we got to grub control. Um, we went through our entire customer base of those that were on a fertilizer plan, but didn't have grub control. And we wrote out two scripts, four scripts. So you have the script, the round number one of phone calls is customer present. So you have a whole script on, Hey, if you're going to, if they're going to pick up the phone, here's how to engage with them. The first time you have this conversation, then you have one, if you're just leaving a voicemail, they're two totally separate scripts. Um, the voicemail script is designed to make it sound like, Hey, there's something going on right now. You need to give us a call back because we really want to get them to call us back. We don't, we don't quote prices on a voicemail. We don't, we don't necessarily even say exactly what's going on. We just say, Hey, we just noticed there's something going on in your lawn. We need you to give us a call. Then we actually get them on the phone. Um, and then we do a second round, uh, depending on, you know, whoever's doing these phone calls, they're, they're taking notes or leaving notes in the account. If the person is like, we know, don't call them back again, then we're not going to call them back. But if we can call them back, you know, two or three weeks later, we might touch base like, Hey, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago, just checking in. Um, it's the same type of follow-up that you would do on like simple growth, 20 days to, 20 days to close automation um, mm -hmm. where every few days you have a phone call that you need to make. That's just a follow-up phone call. It's that same kind of thing. So those two things, those two phone calls, and it's the same thing. You have one for customer present and one for a voicemail. So it's four scripts in total. And it just, we just sold the crap out of grub control and it worked. And so we took that same approach and, and in our market, um, aeration is popular in the fall. And then you can add on like a general overseeding. So we tried the same thing with overseeding and it worked again. And we just sold a ton of stuff that we never would have sold. Um, and it's easy to do. You do it on the exact same visit and it was just really successful for us. So now we're taking that approach this year and we're doing it for services that we don't even offer, or excuse me, haven't had a lot of offering for like bush trimming. We didn't have the logistics to have a, a detail or an enhancement crew to do that type of thing. So now you can go through all of your fertilizer accounts or all of your mowing accounts or whoever, however you want to break this down and we can start using phone call upsells. Um, and you combine that with the emails, you combine that with um, maybe a Facebook campaign. You combine that with if you want to do a direct mail piece, but all those things working together, we just found it's, it, it works. It works really well. Love it. And I think you hit on it. The, the, the multiple mediums and different channels you're hitting at consistently and following up has been the success I've seen in my businesses and the other businesses that are in the ecosystem and service autopilot. So um, I love the fact that you're actually picking the phone up and doing that. Most businesses will not do that, but the ones that are, what I've seen lately are winning. Um, any thoughts on that, Cody, far as feedback or questions? I mean, it seems like it's a lot harder to tell an actual person no than, than it is to ignore an email that says, hey, give us a call. Like, I think that, that you putting in that initial investment of a little bit of labor 
versus like, you know, calling people versus sending out an email blast to your entire client base is like, is, I mean, it's paying dividends for you guys. Well, and I'll, I, I'll be the first to say this is labor intensive. It's not, you know, an email blast. You can, you can, you can perfectly draft and, and create a nice document and then get it sent out, but you can send it to a thousand people in 10 minutes. This takes time, but it works. Uh, and I guess the reason that I looked at this is I, I thought, well, what's, what are, what's True Green doing? What are, what are all the, the major, the big companies doing? And they do. They dedicate people in the spring. They have a whole slew. Uh, they, they, they door knock. Door knocking works. Telemarketing works. It's just super labor intensive. Yeah. So what we did last year is we hired a college kid. So we knew we'd have him for the summer. And his job was to come in and he did phone sales. Uh, it started out, you know, three days a week. And then we realized, oh, wow, this is, well, number one, this takes a lot longer. I thought it wasn't going to take that long. I was wrong. It takes a lot longer than I thought. But the, uh, but the close rate was working great. And uh, so we, we started having them come in every day. And then we decided, well, this could be a full-time position if they're not doing side office things and this person could be doing phone calls. So that's why we hired a full-time second person in our office. Um, but it is, it's labor intensive, uh, but also it's, it's, it gives people an opportunity. They have to make the decision now. You know, it's not necessarily we're trying, we don't want to make them feel bad by making them say no to us. We're not coming on too strong, but they can, they can deal with it now. They can also ask any questions they might have about it. Versus if you read an email and you have a couple questions, but you're like, I don't want to deal with this right now. And they don't, they don't really deal with it for weeks. So that's, that's kind of how we've tried to approach this. And I won't say it's a silver bullet. It's not the end all be all, but combined with everything that's going on, it works pretty well for us. Wow. That's, that's awesome. And congrats actually uh, having the nerve to do that because most, most service businesses under several million don't, don't do these things that are winning for you. Um, and, and it's kind of going along with the, the phone sales and uh, things that you're doing content game. So organic paid content. I was looking at your Facebook page earlier and uh, rocking out the stunner shades and the hat pre pre COVID haircut that you, you got this morning, you were telling us, but uh, the headline is, is this weed in your lawn? Uh, here's a quick tip to help under help you understand uh, what this is and what you should do about it. I mean, great marketing hook along with an educational content video of yourself actually in somebody's yard breaking this down. So uh, after seeing a, a bunch of this on the Facebook uh, page that you have on your business and the consistency you're driving there, um, I was kind of curious, are you, are you looking at or do you have, I guess, a strategy? Is it organic? Is it paid? Is it a combination of both um, in, that, in, in that game of organic um, or paid uh, I guess, content, social media. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll say this, this is the first year that we've actually like really been uh, intentional about posting content and using paid content. Um, historically, uh, like last year, we, we would spend, you know, X amount of dollars on Google AdWords a month. It really wasn't that much. It was just a little bit to run AdWords. Um, this year, what we're, and you know, every once in a while I'd post something on Facebook and I might boost the post, but it wasn't, it wasn't intelligent marketing, I guess I would say, um, knowing what I know now. And I'll also preface this, preface this by saying, I am not an expert at this, uh, because we work with a company that helps us with all of this. They're the experts. My job is to make sure the work gets done and come up with things to sell. And then they help us, you know, we outsource this. We, they help us make sure this gets in front of the right eyeballs and a lot of them in a very specific way. My job is just to create the content and then make sure the work gets done. So we outsource that part of it. So I'll preface this by saying, I'm still a dummy. Um, I'll tell you what, I can tell you what we're doing, but I don't know exactly how everything works. Um, 
but what we do is, and this is the first year that we've really utilized, um, uh, paid, paid, paid search on, on faith, not search, but paid, paid content on Facebook. So we put out a lot of different types of content. We, the bulk of the content that we do though, is not soliciting. It's not, Hey, hire us. The content that we're putting out is, Hey, here's how this works. Here's why we do this. Here's what you're seeing right now. Um, Mike, the post that you're just referencing just now is right now in, in cool season grasses, uh, like fescue and bluegrass, all the grass is going to seed right now. And people historically will get phone calls that people think that we failed them as a weed control company and they're getting weeds everywhere. Well, it's not weeds. It's just your lawn going to seed. This is what it means. This is how it affects you. Um, here's how to mow through it. Here's what you need to do about it. And posts like that, because it's relevant, because everyone can look at my video and then look at their window and like, oh yeah, there it is right there. Uh, content like that, it gets a lot of reactions. Um, we have one about bagworms right now. Bagworms are little sacks of worms that hang on trees. They emerge, they eat, they eat like evergreen style trees. I'm really simplifying this. And then they, they turn into moss, they fly away and they kill trees drastically. And we did a post about that. And that post got like, Every emotional response that Facebook has to offer, it got hugs, it got anger, it got hearts, it got laughs, it got crying, it got every reaction um, on the paid one. Now, here's here's the thing. All this content, let's say that we did a piece about educating someone about like, hey, this is what a bagworm is and here's how you can take care of it yourself. And if you can't reach up way up in that tree, call us, we'll come spray for it. Like that's, you know, right at the end, we'll catch them with like a call to action. Mm -hmm. But it's just an education piece. Well, that that paid version of that, we push that out. And then, a, a, you know, a week later, two weeks later, then we'll post it organically on our Facebook page. So it's, you know, we're recycling and reusing the content that we paid to put out. But a lot of the stuff that we're paying to put in front of people is just, hey, that's not a weed. That's just your lawn going to seed. And it's just general education. And my belief in this, and I can't say, sorry if I'm talking too much here. My belief in this is uh, that if we come off as an expert in what we're doing, if someone's going to hire a lawn, if someone's not going to hire a lawn care company, they're not going to hire one. But if they are going to hire one, they want to hire someone who they think knows what they're talking about and what they're doing. So if they keep seeing all this stuff and they, like, oh man, that summit lawns, they sure they post all this stuff all the time. I've learned a bunch of stuff about what they're doing. Or even if I didn't watch it, I know they come off as an expert because they're always talking about something different. When the time comes that they are going to hire someone, our goal is that we're the first person they think of, or when they go over to Google and they type in lawn care, Lincoln, Nebraska, they recognize our name because they've seen us 15 times on their Facebook newsfeed already. When the day comes that they decide they are going to hire someone, we're either the first one they think of, or they recognize us right away because of everything we've already posted. If that makes sense. Yeah. Really, really smart. Um, one thing I, Cody Duffy is going to have some feedback on this, but one thing I wanted to touch on just before I lose my train of thought is I actually pulled up on my other screen, the bagworms and, and obviously you've got a combination of video and actual like still pictures with headlines. Um, but it, it's interesting. It looks like this um, actually converts to a landing page. So you've hit on the social part. Um, but I'm curious if you'd be able to hit on the actual website part. Are you tracking um, far as like how long somebody's on each page, your bounce rate, any different things like that on the website? Cause it looks like it's a combination of, organic and paid traffic, which you're doing videos and pictures with headlines and different hooks. But then it looks like you're also driving them maybe off of media sometimes to your website. Yeah. And that, that's great. Great point. I didn't even think to mention that. So first of all, you can take something like talking about bagworms and we'll have, we'll have two different posts. We'll have one that's a video 
And then one that's just a, a still shot picture, like a, just a screenshot from the video. And then we'll put a little headline on it. Um, and those are two separate ads that are running. One's a video ad and one's a still shot ad. And of those ads, some of those ads, you click on it and it takes you to our website, to a blog post. Other times you click on it and it opens up Facebook Messenger and it starts an automated conversation. Um, I know Simple Growth has a, a whole automated chat bot um, that we don't utilize right now because I haven't, I haven't committed to that because I'm stupid. Again, I, I told you, I'm not the smart guy. I'm the dumb guy. I'm, I'm the one still calling people. I just haven't, I haven't done everything. But it, we have a couple automated responses, so it'll start, it'll start a conversation in Messenger. Um, that, saying this out loud, Mike, we need to talk after, afterwards about that. Um, anyways, uh, um, but the other thing is, is it'll take you to our website, and then we track uh, how long you're on our website. If you're using Facebook Pixels, well, now that they've done that, well, now they're going to start seeing our ads more regularly. So it's going to happen again. And Cody will probably have you know things to say about this because I'm going to start speaking a little bit beyond my uh, my area of expertise. But I believe it starts tracking and our ads will then continue to follow people after that. Um, the good thing about that is Google tracks that data. And Google will say, well, man, when people go to your website, they're spending you know a minute, a minute and a half, two minutes on there. Well, that means your website must be important. People like it. Well, let's rank you higher on Google now. So there's, there's a very broad effect here. And, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I, what I just said could be totally false, but I, my understanding is that's what's going you're, on. You're spot on. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The, so, the only thing so I would say is ahead, Facebook isn't going to automatically show those people your ads more frequently. Your organic posts, they might see more frequently if they follow the page and they've positively interacted with it in the past. Uh, the big thing is to make sure that that you're going in and retargeting those people with additional content. Okay. So adding another ad set um, when you're creating new ads that target an audience of people who have engaged with past ads will just like increase that frequency with which they're seeing your stuff. Uh, and you will become like ubiquitous on their Facebook feed. Uh, and, and be like, oh my gosh, these guys are like experts. I mean, all I see is how smart they are. And then it's Ted. Yeah, and Cody, that's uh, it's 180 days for the Facebook Pixel, as long as they're not carrying out their cookies and cachet, I believe, for retargeting. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So you've got 180 days to retarget. Um, I love the fact that Cody broke that down. So he, he's talking about a separate ad set that could be different triggers. They've engaged with it. They've watched 20 or 25% of a video. They've had certain engagements. So if you're looking at like digital marketer um, or just digital sales in general, like you, you may have a cold lead. You may have a warm lead and a hot lead, and those can be broken down in the funnel based on the engagement of your website, your pages, your your page, your uh, uh, your different posts. But I, I I don't think you're not you're not giving yourself enough credit because you've realized that where you bring the value to the business is to set that strategic vision. You've set the plan, you've set a budget, you put it in, and then you've gone in and defined experts for each one. So that's probably the biggest mistake that most business owners make. And Ted, where you're actually, I think. Uh, coming out ahead of this and you're not giving yourself credit for honestly is you figured out the strategic vision you put the, the plan in motion you know enough to talk educated about it and see some metrics um, but the real value of that business is you being the visionary in being that expert in creating that content and reinforcing it and letting someone else manage that but you're getting your KPIs of the certain things that you need to get each week or each month to make sure you're getting an ROI on that. Yeah, um, knowing so, that you can be the coach without running every play and every position, uh, which is what a lot of entrepreneurs end up trying to wear every possible hat. Yeah, and um, it, it's tough. And so, I, I, honestly, I give you big kudos to that because most business owners um, 
at our sizes are not willing to do that. And that's what's going to, I think, allow you to continue to scale the way you're going. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I appreciate you, you know, giving me credit for that. I, uh, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I do. I have a vision for what I want this to be, but also I learned from the people that we hired. And, and I guess you could say it's a delegation thing. It's just as anything else, you, you learn to delegate, whether it's delegating to someone in-house who works for you or, or outsourcing it or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I know you, you got some cr- a compressed schedule here. So there's at least one other thing I definitely want to make sure we hit on before. Because um, I know as you grow and scale a business, at least in the business I did, you know, you're getting 12, 14, 15 crews out on the road. Um, logistics. How do we actually on a I mean, right now, uh, we just came off Memorial Day. I know most people had just terrible weather before Memorial Day, rain delays, things like that. We have labor, equipment breaking down, you name it. It's the service industry. Um, it's as crazy as a Facebook live with your voice over IP ringing in your ears right now. And, and you can barely hear yourself speaking, but at the end of the day, logistics are crazy uh, as we scale a business. Now in the early days, when you're, you've got one or two guys or yourself, uh, that also is a logistical nightmare, but I feel as we scale a business, um, the different hurdles and glass ceilings of logistics change. Um, and I know you guys just had a recent event from what I understand, uh, with Memorial day and you, you had rain most of the week. So how has scaling the business and the different service offerings allowed you for a logistical competitive advantage, let's say. Yeah. Um, so I, you're, you're, you're dead on. There are different, there are different problems at every, at every scale and at every size that you get to. But one of the things that's gotten a lot easier is dealing with, uh, rain. Uh, you know, especially as we change our business model, when we were historically very commercial heavy, you're using big, you know, 52, 60, 72 inch mowers. And when the ground is soft, it's like, you can't put anything out there. You can't get anything done. You're just stuck. Um, as we focus on residential, we just use smaller equipment. So number one, if it rains, we try to mow through the rain. If it rains too much, you got to call it a day. But when the soil is a lot wetter, we can still manage it and deal with it. Especially if, if your pricing is already based on using a push mower, then you're not going to get slowed down as horrendously still using a push mower. Um, the other thing is, is as we've grown, we've started to offer different services. Uh, those are people that can stop what they're doing to go help with the mowing. And, you know, the re- it, it's, it's, it's always, it's this battle. It's a tug of war because there's money to be made in mowing. We make more money doing some of the other services that we do. So you almost, you don't want to stop the fertilizer guys from doing what they do. It's, you know, it's because they're, they're, they're a high value to the company. But the fact is, is we got to get this mowing done because grass is relentless. It will not stop growing. And so like for us, we got rained out on Friday and then it was Memorial Day and then we got rained out on Tuesday. So here on Wednesday, you know, we're, we're just wildly backed up. Um, we try really hard not to work on the weekends. That's a culture thing. Um, so we will take all hands on deck. So historically, you know, if we were only mowing, well, all you have is mowing guys. And now we're just backed up beyond belief but now we can take hey we got you know we got a couple crews that are out trimming bushes and doing mulch installs we're going to pull them out we're going to put them on mowers well what if they're not good at mowing well it's just push mowers well they can do that uh well we got the fertilizer guys well yeah we really want to keep them fertilizing but you know what we can push we can push back that for two days and then help get caught up on mowing and suddenly you know you can get you can get an entire week's worth of mowing for one crew done in one day when you have all these extra crews out there And logistically, it has just been what it just used to be a massive pain point and just pressure and stress to get everything done after getting backed up like this. 
And now it's just a lot easier to deal with because you have other service offerings, particularly like fertilizer. It's every six weeks, uh, roughly. So if I didn't do it today, I'll do it tomorrow or in two days or whatever, you know, it's, you can, you, you have more flexibility, um, that you can then reapply to the services that aren't flexible, like mowing, where mowing has to get done. It has to get. Uh, sorry, I got a phone call. I had to cancel. Now you're good. At least your head, your headset's not ringing in your head here. So, yeah. um, yeah. and I could honestly, I, I, I forgot in the early days of Callahan's at the same exact thing. I mean, I will never forget. There was a mother's day weekend that we got back to new. We were working 12 hour days and I ended up almost missing mother's day because I ended up jumping on one of the crews to just literally get through that. And that was kind of my mental turning point of, all right, let's condense our services. And same thing, all the fertilizing techs, the, the landscape maintenance crews. Um, and at one point we actually had like an extra crew and a half worth of equipment um, and an extra trailer or two. So we could just literally shift 90% of the company into a mowing crew. And you, and you nailed it. It's not exactly the most profitable, um, but this actually is a really good gateway into my last question for you. Um, but before I get into that, Cody, you have any, 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 any thoughts on the logistics or questions? No, I, I'm excited to hear your question. So what are the biggest takeaways in this ecosystem, um, that we, uh, that I've taken away at least, and I'm, I'm curious your thought on it, Ted is, um, gentleman by the name of Jonathan Toshnik, co-founder of service autopilot, uh, of the lawn care millionaire. I think a lot of us kind of got into making our lawn care business a business after watching Jonathan's videos. But um, a lot of times uh, I've been blessed enough to go on the road with Jonathan um, and Scott Howard of SA and, and do these regional events, obviously pre-COVID, but we would get 50 or 60, maybe more people in a room for a two-day event free of charge. And we would talk about all the wins and losses, how we built the business. But one of the things that Jonathan talked about specifically um, was gateway services. And you kind of hit on it. That's your lawn mowing and your fertilizing. Those can be measured over on, online satellite maps, pro and service autopilot. It creates a quick and easy way to sell a service over the phone. Then you go out just like you, you said, Ted, then you go out and you upsell those ancillary services. You start raising that client lifetime value. Now with the biggest takeaway and it, and I don't know if you got it from Jonathan, you may have got it from some of the guys in our group, but, um, it was interesting. Now in the Northeast where I'm at and our focus, we could never really go to a, a, a smaller 22 or 30 inch push mower Our just the way our properties were never set up that way. But that was the most instrumental, I guess, mind shift that I saw of how can we actually change our equipment setup, our trailer and truck setups to be efficient. And Jonathan's company city turf, I believe um, is doing upwards of about $10 million a year in uh, pretty much only residential lawn care maintenance. Um, and that business itself is, uh, interesting because he, he, he built it around that model of a smaller truck, a smaller mower, and then having that flexibility. Um, and I know a lot of people in the service autopilot ecosystem have, have taken different, um, snippets of equipment setups and efficiencies and running credit cards, keeping them on file. So, um, last time we talked, you had mentioned that, um, you were looking at possibly joining service autopilots Academy. Now there's the main Academy if people have never heard it. And then there's Academy elite. Traditionally it's a evolution. And I think you have to actually get approved for Academy elite. Um, but service autopilots Academy is a great resource I've worked. And I know a lot of people have been in it. Um, and it teaches you a lot of the stuff. If you haven't seen them yet, how to actually overcome these growth hurdles and, and talk about a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. So, um, out of curiosity, Ted, if you're comfortable talking about it, uh, is that something you actually got into? And if you did get into it, um, what were the goals or outcomes you were looking to achieve by joining the Service Autopilot Academy? Yeah, no, great question. So uh, 
first and foremost, I just, I just recently joined Academy. Um, uh, my goal is to learn, learn, learn from everyone I can. Um, a lot of the things that we do, I mean, I told you, are, you know, when, when, we, when you and I first met, we were just making that residential shift. But through, through our friendship and our, our peer group and our mastermind group um, from, from Garrett, from Chad, from Aaron, we, I, I made a ton of changes after that. I changed the types of trucks that we drove. You know, initially it wasn't, it was, it was just change your accounts. Well, then we changed our trucks. Well, then we changed our mowers. Uh, then we changed how we accept payments and then we changed how we price things. And then we changed how we, how we do our whole sales process, which is, you know, historically our, our bids were Excel spreadsheets and I would meet with every single person in person. Cause I thought I was the best salesman and we weren't going to close it unless I met them in person. Aren't we all? <laughs> Not at all. I'm no, we, there are way so much, so many better people out there than myself. Um, you know, you, you, you want to think that, well, if I'm the owner of the company, I'm going to be the best at everything we do. Not at all. There's people that we, that work for us that are way better than I'll ever be at some of the things that they do. Um, so being in something like Academy, you, you learn from other people. Uh, you know, there's the Academy Facebook page, which people will talk and, 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 you know, post questions on, you get a lot of different responses and answer. Um, Academy has a session once a month where it's a four or five, it's anywhere between three and five hours long, um, call. If you can't be on the whole call, there's a recording of it. You can go back and listen to it later, but it's all that type of information. Um, it's, and every call is something different. I mean, they're, they're going to be tactical things. Here's literally how to do this marketing campaign. Um, I, I just listened to, I re-listened to one this spring on phone scripts, we had phone scripts that we did last year. Well, I just I re-listened to a call from like three years ago, uh, and I was like, "Oh man, our phone scripts are stupid. Like we need to redo all of this." Um, and it's just a just enormous well of information uh, to learn how to be better at what you do. So um, you know, be, being in a peer group or, or having friends in your industry, especially if they're not in your immediate market, so you're not afraid to talk about your wins and your fails and what's working, what's not. Um, that's super important that Mike, that's why you and I are friends. Uh, I mean, that's how we met. And then something like Academy is, uh, is, is, yeah, it's, it's the same kind of thing. It's just another opportunity to, to learn something that I, I can do tomorrow that I wasn't doing today. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I don't know if that answered the question. No, it, it did a great job. And it, it's, it, and I love the fact, um, and I, I wasn't blessed enough to have really Academy available when we first started to scale the business out, but it was interesting that, um, I think it was maybe last year, the year before, um, uh, Academy Elite actually invited uh, myself and some of the Simple Growth members to actually fly out to Service Autopilot's um, office and, and help teach automations and some of the stuff we were doing and, and meet with some of the members of Academy Elite that actually were our clients. But where I'm going with this is um, I knew there was an immense value there. I understood what Jonathan, um, some of the guest speakers, Jason Cup, for instance, and, and some of the other people that go in there and teach these things did. But to actually see it firsthand and live it for two days, and it wasn't just the teaching in the classroom, it wasn't just the hands-on, but it was the networking, the camaraderie. Um, as small business owners, a lot of times we feel like we're on this island. We're the only person going through this. Um, so it wasn't just learning, but it was a support network. And then different dinners and activities that they did um, for like team building and morale. It was It's the combination of like the three or four different things all piled in together where I saw just an immense value. And I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in a coaching program before. Um, so you know, obviously you've just gotten into it, Ted, but I, you know, from what I've seen and dealt with from the people in there for the last four or five years, um, you know, congratulations on that move. I think it's going to pay huge, huge dividends. Anybody watching 
SA Weekly Talk Show. Check it out on the Service Autopilot page. There is an area where you can go in and actually check out Service Autopilot Academy. Um, between Academy and Academy Elite, it's, it's, it's the growth catalyst um, that we're seeing. And it's interesting. Most service businesses that are dealing with a software company, predominantly in lawn care, home cleaning, pest control, most of those companies are going to be a stage one to maybe a stage three business. And traditionally, that's 750 or below, a half a million below. They're not really that million dollar mark. And um, I don't remember the exact numbers, but after talking with Jonathan there, um, the co-founder service autopilot that uh, has a good hand in, in Academy, um, that the, the amount of people from SA1 to SA5 or SA6 that actually had evolved and broken that million dollar mark blew me away. I actually had to ask him again because I was like, wait a minute, you have X amount of members on average throughout the year and how many people actually broke that million dollar mark? And I think it's just a testament what that group, the teaching every month, the support group, the Facebook group and everything else that goes into it. There is companies in there that are just crushing it, breaking the million dollars and probably cutting the time in half that it would, it would take if they're ever even going to break it. Um, and they say about 5% of all small businesses, including lawn care, ever break that million dollar mark, five to 7% in the United States, I believe it was. So um, the, 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 the academy is beating the odds and there's guys like Ted going in and doing the homework, but you can't only just listen to those calls and, and do it. You actually have to take it and implement it. So um, Ted, I really appreciate you kind of just giving us a little insight academy. We really don't talk about it here on the SA Weekly Talk Show, but I know um, it's really an instrumental part of the Service Autopilot community. And I think it's a great resource. If you haven't checked it out, check it out on the Service Autopilot Facebook page. Be hanging out at the same table, either virtually in person with guys like Ted. And then uh, if you evolve into the Academy Elite, they do quarterly trips, I believe, to different parts of the country. I've seen them in Vegas, Cabo. Um, and yes, it's, it's about business, but it's about building that relationship. And I think some of the biggest wins in business, whether you're an Academy or you're in a, a masterminds group like Ted and I were together, um, or you're just going to a service autopilot academy or service autopilot uh, conference is the extra time at the bar going out to dinner is that's where some of the best learning and connection happens. And I know uh, we've had some interesting trips out in Arizona. I think some of the, uh, the after hour events are probably where some of the best learning has happened in our groups too, as well. Yeah. So um, Cody, any closing thoughts here before we kind of wrap it up? But uh, I know obviously I want to be uh, cognizant of Ted's schedule as well. So I just want to say that I like I had this shirt on before I knew that we were going to talk about Ted joining Academy. So it was a, a happy accident. Um, but I'm really excited for, for what's going to happen. I have been personally following what Ted has been doing for, for several years now. And uh, I'm really excited to see you get to the next level uh, with with Academy stuff, man. That's awesome. No, I appreciate it. And I'll, I'll say this too. And I, I kind of, I really learned this uh, back when Mac, uh, Mac, when Mike and I met um, was just the power. Cause you can have a business coach and a business coach is great. A hundred percent, you know, to learn from someone who's been there and done that. But there's an added layer when you involve peers, because <laughs> even when you have a business coach, like I had, a, I had a business coach when I was in, when I was first starting my company out, I paid, I paid for a business coach from the green industry. Um, and it was a great experience. It helped me do a lot of things. That's how we landed some of those big commercial accounts. But sometimes you'll have a business coach who's a little removed from the industry or they don't, you know, they, you, you don't have the same emotional connection all the time with someone who's going through your pain right now. And when you have a peer group, you can reach out and make friends. I have, you know, you know, Mike, you're, you're, you sold your company now, but when we met, you were still involved with it. And we can talk very in a very relatable way 
man, it sucks when some when you got two guys that call in sick on the same day. You know, it it just it sucks. What do you do? And it's... you know, you can talk to a coach about that, but when you can talk to a friend uh, or someone who has the exact who's at the same size as you, or you know, who was at your size, you know, two years ago or you know, three years ago, um, just having that peer element is is just very powerful because they are doing exactly what you're doing every day. Yeah, and, and, and that's that's a big part of what you get in academy as well. Is it's just because it's it's a peer. You have a coach, you have leaders, you have someone who's directing the whole thing, but then you have all your classmates. There's yeah, an accountability it, there too. The good yeah. yeah, just just a cool thing, and I, and I love that I'm still in on the group text from the from the old group, and we're you know we still communicate. But I mean, I, I tell you, like when you you know certain things happen that you're you're texting in in the group text. I mean, those wounds are still are fresh, brother, and, and I don't think they'll ever go away. And I think yeah. that's the benefit of um, once you've been in those trenches, like I have for 25 years, like you've been there, those things never go away. Um, but like you said, like if you can talk to somebody who's in that same trench at the same time, fighting the same thing in a very similar part of the region, but not a direct competitor, that makes all the difference. Cause maybe you came up with a way or they came up with a way to how to address it can, you know, creatively. Um, and obviously with COVID, a lot of the folks in Academy have helped each other out with different ways of disinfecting the trucks or staging out the different timing for the trucks. Or how to communicate uh, to your customers. I mean, there was a guy in Academy who wrote a letter on how, like what he was going to send to his customers and he shared it. And I, I, I bet 50 people took his letter and then like recraft it, wordsmithed it to their own way. But it's, it's just, it's that sharing of information. I wouldn't write a letter and just give it to all my competitors in Lincoln, Nebraska, but when it's someone in a completely other state, we're not competitors, we're here to help each other. It's just even little things like that. It's mm -hmm. very powerful. Love it. Well, um, really appreciate it, Ted. Keep crushing it, man. Congratulations on coming out with Academy and joining that uh, after SA6. Can't wait to see you, hopefully before, but if not, um, SA7 here coming up, hopefully um, this fall. And um, we'll see you again on the SA Weekly Talk Show every Friday. Cody O and Mike Callahan. 12 central 1 p.m eastern uh, another big special guest announcement coming up shortly so make sure you keep an eye on the service autopilot page as well as the service autopilot user group so we'll see you again next week appreciate it ted cody till next week till next week man adios guys see you ted if you like this show you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com while you're there enter to win an estimator chatbot Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.